Hello and welcome back to 10 Years of Undercurrents. Today is our last episode, which is crazy. Uh, and we are going to be talking about this year's undercurrents in the future of undercurrents. So joined with me today is Associate Festival Director Britt Johnston. Hello. And Festival Director Patrick Gauthier. Hi, me again. Hello. Yeah, pass on, I think, every episode. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Do you love undercurrents or I, what? I'm, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for being here um and and chatting with me uh so we're gonna talk about well let's start with this year of undercurrents 10 years 10 years pat how does that feel you birthed this baby uh it's true it makes me feel old uh <laughs> uh but it's great i mean 10 years is like it's it's i mean it's a round number it's a metric system number right so it's like there's something we put i think meaning onto that number for maybe unintentional reasons but i think it's really like great to have this festival that started with a shoestring and then moved somewhere else and on a different shoestring is now still around, right? And it's become an, it's become an important part of the community. Yeah. And Britt, this is your second year on Undercurrents, correct? Correct. Yeah. How does it how does it feel coming on on such a, you know, the past years, big years, coming up to a big anniversary? Yeah. I actually didn't know it was the ten year anniversary <laughs> <laughs> until like, I don't know, September, the fall. Um yeah, I love undercurrents. Um, I actually started going to undercurrents as a student, a theater student at Ottawa oh. U. Yeah, uh, it was part of our program. I think actually. I think you and I went to go see some shows together. Uh, YouTube three thousand. Yeah, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and um, live from Belly Whale. Oh my god, yeah. that is still my favorite show of all yeah. time. <laughs> that's just you. You're the only person that's ever said that. That set. That set. I love that. Beautiful set. set. Well done. Beautiful set. I was just a little lost, but I think I'm sure. I think so. I, so were we. Yeah. So were we. So don't. No, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but it, it's great to be a part of this festival um and i'm i'm really it's really cool coming from last year to this year because the vibes are very different yeah um, so that's a really cool endeavor to be part of going into a are we calling it a theme like a joy theme sure we can call it i don't usually i don't usually use themes for undercurrents like it's not like this is the you know this is the year about women and this is the year about climate change i don't usually do that but i think this year you know as we talked about af after last year i wasn't you know we got on board with specifically looking for shows with mm -hmm. joy yeah mm -hmm. well let's talk about that like the difference from last year to this year because the programming is wildly different like what was that choice and that process yeah so i mean like last year there were a lot of a, a lot of great shows but the the feedback that i heard and even without hearing it seeing the shows kind of you know because you, you you book a lot of these shows almost in isolation right you book some two years in advance you do some like six months in advance and you really try to have balance and different styles and genres and tones and, and you want all that kind of stuff in the programming. But then until you kind of all have it laid out in front of you and then you're seeing it and seeing audience members come out of it, you don't really always know what the impact is. Yeah, and I think there's another vibe too to go with. Sorry, I'm on the vibe right now. Yeah. But, um, Can we February. get a vibe check? <laughs> 
February, you know, you come out of a show that, you know, has a dark tone and then you go outside and it's like, it's cold and and dark and, you know, let's bring some joy. I I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, like like last year, yeah. Right. We had like coach of the year, which was a dark play about, you know, about sexual assault. Um, We had, uh, broken tailbone that was very political you know and then there was uh the archivist which looked, looked at like white supremacy right like there were a lot of heavy topics that are important topics in good shows but again you combine a heavy show with just dismal weather and then last year especially the weather was just atrocious mm-hmm. like there was a weather warning every day of the festival last year except for two so like the city was telling people don't leave your house yeah so why would i leave my house to go see a show about sexual assault no matter how good that show is right why am i gonna leave my house to do that yeah so this year, Britt and I really wanted to focus on shows with joy, shows that le- that that you want to leave the house to go see, and shows that when you leave the theater, your heart is full, and maybe you want to go see something else. You want you want to hang out with friends and friends and family. Like that's what we were we were aiming for. And and the joy isn't all necessarily in the content. Sometimes it's in the form, right? Like yeah. you know, because we have like you know one of the, one of the shows we'll talk about. Like it's a clown show about a super heavy topic. Mm-hmm. Right, and so and it's a, you know, it's it's a lighter way to process a difficult subject exactly right and then there, and there's joy in watching two skilled performers you know do their thing right yes. that's where the joy comes from mm-hmm. there yes. right yeah and i think we need to remind ourselves that you know theater isn't always dark and dark and heavy you yeah. know there is so much fun out there and i think you know with 10 years it's a celebration so let's celebrate on all fronts okay, so, well i want to get into the the lineup of this year um i'm very excited but i think it's a very strong lineup i think it's super fun um i've seen a couple of these shows so i'm really excited about them uh but yeah i mean let's start with the the show that is opening the festival uh, I've got to say, sorry, other shows. This is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, Crippled by Power Productions. Uh, talk me through it. What? Why is it at Undercurrents? Uh, every single person. I haven't seen this show. I've read the script. I've seen the video. I don't often program things we haven't seen, like that I have seen or that Brit has seen or someone else I know and trust has seen. Um, but this one, based on reading it and, and seeing the video and then every single person I spoke to <laughs> about this show, literally like three people last week, yeah. uh, say they cry every time they think about it. I've well, seen, I've seen three separate people cry just talking about the show, but not in like a, 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 a sad way, just in, in a joyful so lucky they got to see the show yeah yeah and there's something to say you know archivals are never good yes never (laughs) but i was laughing out loud watching this archival yeah i can i can agree i heard you laugh out loud in the (laughs) office yeah and it's a show from so it's a show from st john's newfoundland we've never had a show i have this like for some reason, obsession with eventually at some point getting a show from every province and territory. Oh, that's fine. Um, I like that. You know, so we've done, you know, Ontario, obviously, Quebec, uh, BC, BC, Yukon, Alberta. Yeah. I think Saskatchewan, we almost had one, but then that one fell through. Uh, It's harder for the Maritimes, harder for the Maritimes. And I don't know any artists in the Northwest Territories, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. connected to that community very much. Um, So that was, that's part of, that's, you know, that's not the reason it was programmed because it's from Newfoundland, but that's like, oh, hey, it's also from Newfoundland, right? Right. And, and you know, Paul even says in in his application, he said like, I want to get this story off the rock. 
Oh. Right? Like he wanted to get yeah. he wanted to get it, you know, he, and he toured it a little bit and people might have heard that they were trying to get into uh, San Francisco Exit Theater, which is also uh, they run a fringe festival as well, so we're connected with them that way. Mm-hmm. They tried to get the show into their to their season uh, and he was denied at the border. They wouldn't they couldn't get visas to do it because it was taking jobs from Americans. Um, so there's, there's, there's like border issues and stuff. So, uh, so he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of issues trying to get this tour, yeah. uh, tour going, uh, tour on the road. And so now we're, I'm su- super yeah. stoked to have to bring it here. I'm, I'm so excited to see it. Yeah. And, and exit theater, those are some of the folks who I, you know, had, had told me how much they, who cried when they talked about their love for the production. And I, I think it's, I think it's amazing that we're able to bring this, this show that made national news because they couldn't cross the border with it when that the U.S. declared was not culturally unique. (laughs) And that's why I couldn't get over. And it's a show about a man with a very specific disability who's gay, who, you know, it deals with a lot of mental health. And it's like, how is this not? Who else are you going to get to perform this show? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How many many queer disabled artists from Newfoundland are trying to get into America, right? Like, how is that not unique? And it's just, and it's, and it's, and on, you know, on top of it being such a unique perspective, it's such a beautiful, it's a universal, beautiful story. Yeah. Um, Mm. And so I think it's going to be like, it's going to be sad and joyful, right? For sure. All right, so Crippled is opening our festival, and that is Wednesday, February 5th at 7 p.m. We'll follow that with an opening night party. And then Thursday, day two of the festival, we are bringing in Heartlines by Sarah Weisfuss. Britt, talk to us about Heartlines. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Uh, This is one that I pushed for. (laughs) Um, And I I talked a lot about it, actually, during the Under Development podcast, um, how, you know, I'd seen the show and its workshop productions or workshops performances Mm -hmm. and it was just it's ready it's ready for a main stage and I think that you know with everything happening in this North American political climate it's so relevant oh yeah yeah even though it takes place in 1920 yeah Yeah. definitely it's it's interesting a lot of the themes that are coming up are we're still dealing with or they've come back around well everything's a cycle right but it yes um, I'm excited. Yeah. And it's starring two phenomenal actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. We have Maurice Fernandez and then Margot McDonald. I mean, what a duo. Uh, and then Scotty Irving. Oh, doing yes. The musical accompaniment that yeah. and then Rebecca Benson directing Sarah Weisfuss, the playwright. It is just an all star team. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, a good, a really good local team. Margot doesn't technically live here anymore, but she's always local in my heart. <laughs> uh, and I, I just think that there's like it's just the relationship. I, I think Sarah, she creates that relationship between those two characters. I just think it's so well drawn uh, and so real. And again, this is just from reading it. Um, I haven't. I didn't get to go to any of the workshops. I, I couldn't get the timing. So again, I I trust Brit's instincts completely. And having read the script as well, it's just like, yeah, this is a piece that like you know one could say like, oh, does it need another workshop? Get it up on its feet. Let's see it. Right. Like it's at a point now where it just needs to be seen. That's that's the next step for these artists. And what's great about it too is that it's it, we're running it the first week of the festival, which coincides with the last week of an art, art exhibit at the OAG. So literally down the hall, uh, there is an exhibit on the on featuring two of the artists that are in that that Sarah writes about, uh, Claude Cahoon and Suzanne Mallard. But I'm totally butchering those names, and I apologize. <laughs> I don't have them in front of me. Um, so so yeah. So there's 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 that whole added bonus of you can you can see about these two artists' phenomenal lives and their story, and then walk down the hall and see their art. Yeah. Right. I just that, I just I love that. That's so cool. And that was co- that was coincidental at that 
exhibit happened to be playing and Sarah applied and it was just a whole confluence of it. But it's, again, you look at all those, all those events in, in isolation, you look at them, you're like, well, we have to program it. Like we have to do it. Yeah. Like it, it, it the universe is telling us now is the time to do this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serendipity. Yeah. And, and so then we have, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into, let's do all the three discovery series shows. Um, sure. so yeah, we have a discovery series. Uh, what's the difference between under development and discovery series? So, I mean, there's not that much of a difference, actually. Our under development program, this, the, uh, Discovery series is new. Let's start with that. The Discovery series is new to Undercurrents. This is the first year we're doing it, and we're showcasing three, um, three works in progress. And these works in progress are artists who are within our underdevelopment program. So we are giving them access to space, access to resources, um, dramaturgical resources. If they want, you know, Patrick or myself to come into rehearsal and, you know, give an outside perspective. Um, But there's also admin support. Um, So it's really about helping these artists develop new work, new local work, and now let's give them a space to try it out in front of an audience because you're not going to grow a piece until you try it out, right? Mm -hmm. That's so important. And then maybe, maybe in a year from now or two years from now, maybe they'll be on undercurrents as like main stage. I say that with air quotes. Um. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we don't really differentiate that way, but there's no other way to do it, right? Um, and the thing is, we've always done works in progress as part of undercurrents, right? We've done them. We've done them in arts court theater on the uh, quote unquote main stage. We've done them as part of the late night series. That's a bit of a different environment. It's you know, there's a, the bar is open. It's less formal, so it doesn't always serve the show. Uh, we'll talk about late night. I assume more in a bit, but this year's late night. Um, but so we really want to find a way to formalize them, give them a bit more resources and also like, you know, give them, a, give them an opportunity to, to get these works. They're all, they're all at different stages, which is what's yeah. exciting for me about the three of them, right? Like they're all at different stages. Uh, so what's great is as an audience member, you can come and see one or two or three and you're going to get a different sense of where each of these shows are mm-hmm. and then be part of that, that process. Like, like Britt said, part of that process. And maybe, maybe in a couple of years, you'll see a bigger version of it. Maybe not. Right. Like some of these are, you know, they're, they're experiments. They might not, they may not grow any more than the 30 to 50 minutes that they are, but that's okay. Right. It's up to the artist to, it's up to us to give the artist a platform to try this stuff out. So our three discovery series shows, we have Beth Ann by Monica Bradford Lee and Nicholas Lino. We have Honey Do Me by Theater Decentered, and we have Home Sweet Something by Latera Pro. Talk me through the shows. Why? Uh, how? How did they uh, get this platform and this opportunity? Uh, I mean, if if any show in the festival exhibits joy, I think it's Beth Ann. Yes. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. I mean, it started as a fresh meat show two years ago. I can't exactly remember when I saw. I think twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it started as as a fresh meat show there. Um, from as as we record, it's going to be expanded to a bit more than what it was, but it's not going to be. I don't believe it's going to be. You know. 90 minutes long i think it's gonna go from 20 to 30 minutes or 35 yeah they were talking about but who knows by the time february rolls around how long it will be right it could be a six hour ins- uh, installation piece by that point but <laughs> uh but but again no no show exhibits joy more than that. I, mean, I think monica is an incredibly talented performer um you know the work she's been doing with her with her, her clowning work and her work without her silent work her work without words is just but like there's so much so much expression and emotion in that and i think it's, she's so fun to watch and Nick's just a great up and coming director, right? Like he's, it seems like he's always doing something, you know, I, you know, it feels like me when 10 years ago or more than that now, right? Where I was just like, I was always, always had six projects on the go, right? And that's yeah. what Nick feels like. And it feels like they've all kind of come at the same time. All Nick's kind of projects are launching. 
Um, so it's great to, to have that show here. Again, there's just there's so much joy in it, and I'm excited to see you know what they could do. Because seeing it at Fresh Meat, I thought, oh, that's a great little piece. Like that's a nice. I don't mean to, to diminish it by saying little piece, but it was like 20 minutes, one yeah. character, right? A nice little container. It was like it felt like a full experience. But then when they applied, wanting to expand, it was like that makes sense. That makes sense. Talking to them about it, right? So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where it goes. Okay, and then we also have so we have Home Sweet Something by Latera Pro. That's Ludmilla Rice. Uh, Aisha Chubb and Zakira Chubb uh, and they are they're bringing this this new I think never before seen piece correct well I they actually just did a public workshop oh in really the fall cool. yeah I didn't get a chance to see it but they applied to Ottawa Fringes theater recommenders grant program mm-hmm. last year um, and I had the pleasure of reading their grant and it was exciting it was I mean it was different. These these women, they're young, emerging artists. I know Lenmila is a really great director. She's different in yeah. like her creative process, um, and it's just she's also she's from Brazil, I believe. I'm not exactly sure where, but she brings just just this energy that I haven't seen in Ottawa. Um, and, but she's made you know she's made Ottawa home. She's put down roots. She's really here in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm excited to see what this new work is outside of a um, outside of a university institution, right? Yeah, um, where she's really able to take risks and you know cross boundaries. Um, and these two creators that she's working with, mm-hmm. these sisters, are incredibly talented. Yes, <laughs> um, I met them at the Origin Community Center. Oh, great. Um, a couple, maybe last year, and the two of them did a song together, and I was just like, almost brought to tears. Actually, there, wow. you know, there's something about sister performers that their voices are just like s- beautiful harmony. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I I'm very curious about the play. I I have very, I have so much trust in these creators and their you know artistic skills. Um, and the story, you know, I mean, who doesn't love an escape room to right. begin with? <laughs> I mean, I love escape rooms. Let's, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. And I think with me, I read that application there, creators reserve application as well. And I it was f- f- great application. But what really struck me is like, there's these two artists who for me, for me came out of nowhere. I had not heard of them before. Um, and that's, that can be rare where you see, you hear about people in the fringe or fresh meat, like you, f- you find people places, but these, these two, yeah, these two sisters, they just came out of nowhere for me. And I know Ludmilla, I know her through my connection with U of O. So that was my kind of entry point into knowing her work. Um, but yeah, but it was such an exciting project. Um, and now to be able to support it through this, this development period, I think is great. And then lastly, we have Honey Do Me, another fresh meat piece, another piece that it has expanded since then. Something that's, uh, you know, very important to the Ottawa uh, local scene. Patrick, speak to us about uh, Honey Do Me. Yeah. So again, like you mentioned, another fresh meat piece, which is, you know, it seems like a natural place to kind of look for material, right? Like where mm-hmm. people have a first draft, at least a first draft of something, right? And and so they're able to take it and really are, really think about what they want to do with it and where they want to go with it. And, you know, in the original version, it was Luke Luke Brown was in it and also created it. And then Kyle Cameron was in it as well. Luke's now stepped away as a performer, but will be writing and directing it. Um, and they've got Axe has come in yes. uh, to come in and, and be the second performer in that, right? And I think it's a I think it's great casting. Yeah, uh, I think him and Kyle. You know, I think there's an interesting physical dynamic between the two of them. Well, that's 
always fun. Even just our photo shoot that we did with them was, I don't know, they, they just have like a, a certain energy between the two of them that I think will be really beautiful on stage. And I love the two of them as performers too. Um, getting, I mean, getting to throw some drag into yeah. the undercurrents lineup I think is very cool. Well, and that's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a person who is naturally drawn to, to drag beyond like, you know, kind of watching it while my wife watches RuPaul and kind of being on the couch <laughs> next to her while she watches it. Every but time like, I talk at work about my <laughs> love for it. <laughs> but there's like, but there's something to me about the intersection of like history and queer history and drag and, and contemporary performance. Like there's, there's a, there's a whole, they've thrown a bunch of stuff into a pot and now we're going to we're going to get this chance to kind of see what comes out of it and it's also what i love about it is as you mentioned it's like a local it's a local story mm-hmm. right but it's it's a local story but it's got universal themes yeah. and i think that is so interesting yeah and that's that's a lot to unpack all of yeah. that history you know that's decades um, and to do that on a fresh meat stage 20 minutes isn't that much time so this is an opportunity to expand that and to tell more of that story that needs to be told and more ottawa people need to know their history yeah from not that long ago right yeah. and the yeah. actual honey cafe was like at was it sussex and rito like yeah it's like, it's like so five close. minutes from arts court yeah right which is also just like yeah this is it's here it's 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 here yeah all right moving on into our lineup uh let's chat about awkward hug uh by o albatross oh i've seen i've seen the show so i'll throw my two pieces later yeah, you start you start you've me seen start? it okay i mean this show is it's truly beautiful um, I mean, I think people will be excited to see Corey T. Bear come back to Ottawa because, of course, had great success with his company Maycan here, I believe, really where they got their start. Uh, and uh, and then this is also a local story. This is a local show, local story, uh, big universal themes of family, um, of, you know, growing up, of becoming an adult. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just it's it's very raw. And it really lets you see inside of, you know, someone else's completely different experience. Like, you know, I mean, I was, I'm friends with Corey. I know him and like seeing the show, there was a whole other side of a person you, you don't know. And so I think it's really beautiful to be able to see, uh, get the inside look into someone's life. It's a really unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, like Corey applied with the show last for last year for undercurrents 2019 uh, and it just didn't make like it was like it was the show that I agonized the most. It was like I want to put it in, but I want to <laughs> put this in, and I want to put this in, and I want and it just like in the end as as things shook out, it just it just didn't make it into the festival last year. Yeah. Um. But I was like, keep in touch. Really interested in it. You know, like let's keep the dialogue going. And we've been emailing back and forth for like a year about like we're we gonna put it in. Are we not gonna put it in? Are you available these days? What about these days? And mm-hmm. does this work? And and so and we found we were able to make it work. And I'm I'm excited. I mean, I, Corey's great. He's a fantastic performer. Yeah. Um, he's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. This show has been, it's been getting accolades across everywhere he's done. It's yeah. Accolades. And I mean, huge kudos to the director, Linnea. I mean, there's, she's, uh, comes from a dance background, I believe. And so there's some really cool movement that's included in the show. Something that you don't really expect out of a one man show. <laughs> you know, a lot of the time you just expect them to stand on stage and tell a story. And it's, it's so beyond that. Um, it's more of a play. Yeah. I'm really excited for Ottawa audiences to see it. I think it's also very brave to bring it to Ottawa because well, it's and, about Ottawa. Yeah, and he said initially, um, because I remember he he won the CAF touring lottery the year he was touring the show across the fringe mm-hmm. circuit, and he didn't choose Ottawa. And I was like, really sad. I was like, Corey, <laughs> like, uh, did I, what did I do that, like, I, I took it really personally. Like, what did I do that made this Ottawa-born <laughs> person decide to not do his arguably home festival? Like, I felt really, really sad about it. And then he ended up, 
coming to the festival mm-hmm. uh, and he approached me and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know. And I don't know if he'd heard. I, I didn't really tell anyone I was sad, yeah. but like maybe he read my mind. He just but felt like, the energy. Yeah. Oh he, he could read my heartbreak across the, across the <laughs> courtyard. Well, he's uh, going to read this and send you an apology letter. <laughs> or sorry, listen to this. So I, I, I went, he came up to me and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like I didn't come to Ottawa because it's a really, it's a show that I'm really, uh, it's really important to me. And I wanted to make sure that it was really good before I did it here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have it across the circuit. I wanted to get all these reps in before I brought it to Ottawa. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that's like a really beautiful reason to not do it here. Yeah. And then I felt like kind of a dick for thinking that he didn't like <laughs> me, thinking it was me when it was not me at all. It's all about you, I made it about me. Classic. <laughs> but that makes sense, right? You know, this is, you know, his parents are going to see it. And it's yeah. a story very much about his parents and like a beautiful complicated relationship and it's not it's it's not easy to share I imagine I I really love the script so I don't know Corey I haven't seen the show but I read the script and that's what got me and it just as somebody who's not from originally from Ottawa it made me look at the city differently Mm. um and even you know something like looking at an OC transpo bus um or you know I just there's so many things that have made me understand my privilege or recognize my privilege too. Um, so I appreciate that. I think it's important to bring different perspectives and that's what theater is for. Mm-hmm. And I think there's actually a lot of shows in this, this festival that are bringing perspectives that need to be seen, need to be heard, need to be validated. Absolutely. Well, uh, next going into uh, weekend two, uh, before we get into weekend two, our classic, our usual New Play Tuesday. We got to talk about New Play Tuesday. Everybody loves New. Play Everybody Tuesday. loves New Play, New Play Tuesday. Tuesday. You can, you can't, you can't get rid of New Play Tuesday. No. People always attend. People always want to be part of it. People want to tell you what they think about your play. I, I tried to get rid of New Play Tuesday this year. I know, and there was a revolt. And then, <laughs> but people, I, I, I literally got an email yesterday about someone else who wants to do New Play Tuesday. Yeah, like it, people love it, and I was just like, we don't need to do it. Nothing's mm-hmm. sacred this year. We're going to change everything. Change the pricing structure. Going to change the schedule. Going to change it all. I won't even do New Play Tuesday. No one needs it. And then no people like. No rioted people love that. New Play Tuesday. I mean, number one, it's like a great opportunity. You know, public readings are. Uh, are rare as like an offered opportunity. A lot of the time you have to organize them on your own and you have to provide your own audience. Um, and then a lot of time when it's your friends and family, it's a gentle audience. You know, I think new play Tuesday is really a cool opportunity for people to yeah. really tell you what they think about your show as we have seen in previous years of it. And it's free, right? Like, I think being a free event is a big draw because it's an yeah. accessible way for people to kind of get involved and know what's happening. Um, and again, people, I mean, there's, there, there's that behind the scenes people like, behind the scenes stuff right like they really like seeing that and you can get in on the ground floor i mean stuff that's been a new play tuesday has ended up you know on the quote-unquote main stage the, yeah. the invisible quotes main stage i think right? it's so cool to see a 20 minute excerpt develop into yeah. you know you feel like you're part of that process yeah well new play tuesday is back the shows have or i don't know if the shows will be announced by the time this releases so we'll see uh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, we sort of know them, but yeah, yeah. but no, yeah. it's it's a secret for now. But yeah. you can go on the, you can definitely go on the website at the point you're listening to this. Yeah, and find out what they are. Okay, great. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's this coming so, out? Uh, Jane, this. Oh yeah. Oh wait, this is coming out during the festival. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, we better know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully by yeah. then we've chosen. Yeah. Um. Great. <laughs> well, th- okay. Well, let's get into the rest of the lineup. We have three shows left to chat about. Cardinal by a plumbus rhombus. I mean. The sweethearts of the Ottawa theater scene. Talk to me about it. 
that was the one I was re- alluding to earlier when yeah. I said it's the the clown show about the heavy topic, right? So it's you know, and I think the description that we have in our promotional material says it all. It's a clown show with Alzheimer's, like. No, really, really right? Yeah. Like, and again, that's that's where the joy comes. I saw it. I saw the first or second performance they did at the Fringe in 2016, um, because it's one of those shows where I don't get to see a lot during the Fringe, so I need to prioritize. And I knew I wanted to see it, so I'm going as soon as I can. Uh, and I was so impressed by how polished it was, not only for a Fringe show, but for like a, an early performance in the run. I was just so impressed mm-hmm. with their work. Um, and I've known Mitch and I've known Madeline for a while, and I've seen their work, you know. But it seemed to me like. The Cardinal, and they've done much more since then. Cardinal was, you know, kind of their coming out, for lack of a better term, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've done so they've done so much more since then. But it really seemed to like solidify all the work they've been doing. All the work they've done to that point made sense for me after seeing Cardinal for the first time. Right. And I remember thinking, like, I'm going to put this in undercurrents one day. Wow! Uh, but then they went into kind of like workshop mode you know and they did they did this great thing where they're like every year they're doing a new piece, piece of fresh meat and every year they're doing something in the four six nine creators lab and they're doing this thing here and they're, doing, and they're doing their own projects with odyssey or with whomever you know like so they didn't really didn't feel like they had any time to go back to stuff yeah um and then they they've been but they've been workshopping it kind of in secret almost <laughs> for the past couple of years yeah uh and now we've got a f- production with a live band so cool yeah and it's just like i'm i'm so looking forward to seeing where they've taken it yeah I'm excited to see. I've I've never I haven't seen Cardinal. It's one of the only Aplomos Ramos shows I've missed, and I'm pumped. Well, now you can collect them all. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, and then we. I mean, we've we're bringing back Snafu, crowd favorite. Britt, t- yeah. talk to me about Kit and Jane. Kit and Jane. Um, I'm trying to think of a survival guide to the post-apocalyptic future. Good job. I can remember it, so that's why I didn't say it. Nice. <laughs> I, I actually think it's a near post-apocalyptic oh. future. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Love you, Snafu. <laughs> Thank you for uh, having a long title. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really si- excited about this show. I uh, really pushed for this one, I will say. This is um, this is really like, you know, we talk about this being joy. We want to bring joy. Um, but also, you know, with that is like family friendly. And I think this is one of our big only f- family fr- kid friendly show. The most overtly. Most overtly. Uh, yeah, I think other. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree with that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, undercurrents below the mainstream sounds so alternative and cool, but like, also, what about the families? Um, I I really like um theater for I don't know I wouldn't even call it theater for young audiences, but um like Kit and Jane isn't, but it's mm-hmm. you know, a good family friendly show. Anyway, it's super fun, super fast paced. Um, I loved the, just all the material they gave us was just like, bam, 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 movement, movement, movement. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, as, as my personal, uh, who I am as a creator and what my taste, I tend to go for things that are a bit slow moving. So when there's something that is just like a change in pace, (laughs) it's so nice and it's so refreshing and it. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to learn about how I'm going to survive the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be there in the audience with my notebook and pen. Um, please don't talk to me because I don't want to be distracted. You have very uh, important <laughs> notes to be very taking. Important. Yeah. And this will, this will be the third time that Snafu has done Undercurrents. Yeah. Because Little Orange Man was in the festival when it was at GCTC. Uh, and then we did uh, Snack Music in oh, 2017. I love Snack Music. 2018, 2018. Late night, 2018 Late Night Series. Thank you. 
uh, and now we've got Kit and Jane here. Kit and Jane was at the Fringe a number of years ago, but this is a much different version than if you saw it at the Fringe. This is a much different version. Uh, they've completely reworked a bunch of the text. The design is completely different. They brought in Mind of a Snail, which is a Fringe touring company. They've been here once mm -hmm. uh, to do all the projections. So there's these large scale projections they're using. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And isn't aren't aren't those a trilogy? Little or Orange Man, Kit and Jane, and Interstellar Elder. Yeah, Kit and Jane's yeah. number two. Number two, and audiences just saw Interstellar Elder uh, at Fringe la two years ago, yeah. and I mean it had packed audiences the whole time. So I think there's going to be a, a good crossover of people who kind of get to see a prequel now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I I was just speaking to and Ingrid like just to speak to Ingrid as as an artist as the kind of lead artist on it. She just got back from New York where she was working for Sesame Street. Uh, so for cool. all summer where she was in a giant orange puppet i spoke to her in victoria uh and she said they put the smallest person in the biggest puppet yeah from uh, from little orange man to giant orange puppet <laughs> oh i love it all right last but not least unbridled futurism by macon does patrick talk to me about unbridled futurism uh nick DiCatano is a crazy person <laughs> uh i'm gonna start by saying that uh he's a really good friend of mine uh i've known nick i've collaborated with him for a, a number of years Unbridled Futurism was also an, an auto fringe show a number of years ago. Um, and actually, this whole week yeah, is like a, former fringe a, shows. A lot, of, a lot of graduated fringe shows. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again, not intentional. It's just like just what happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it was a former fringe show where, you know, Nick uh, plays an alternate version of himself. He plays Captain Nick DiGitano from an, a parallel Earth, uh, who is the only known human being who can travel at light speed and through the multiverse. And then he encounters different versions of himself. Uh, and again, when it was here, it was a solo show. It was just him. There's a large video component. Uh, but he's gone away. And like the other shows, he's, he's, he's leveled it up a bit. There's now a full band, which is made up of other Nick Tigatanos from other <laughs> you know, universe, other parallel universes. Um, and it's just a story of him trying to get home to his cat uh, while he hurdles through the multiverse, encountering different versions of himself. Uh, and the music's great. Nick's a, besides being a, a great uh, cr theater creator, he's a, a very excellent musician and composer as well. Um, so yeah, it's dubbed as a sci-fi comedy rock show. Uh, and I can't think of a better way to describe it than that. Very cool. I missed that the fringe, so I'm very excited to see it. See what the hype is about. I remember people with raccoon masks. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, and it was one of those shows where he, he did well at the fringe, but he I don't think he did as well as the show should have done. Mm. It just kind of got, it was in a big venue in a year where there are a lot of shows in a, in a big venue and uh, it just kind of got kind of lost in the shuffle. Um, so it's great to be able to bring it back and have audiences a second chance to see the, the kind of revamped, leveled up version of it. Yeah. Well, that's the lineup. That's it. That is undercurrents this year. That's, that's so exciting. <laughs> only, only nine shows. And other things that, we ha that might happen that we just haven't, Yes. Sort of yeah, yet, there'll right? probably be some industry events, workshops, panels, parties, you know, all that fun stuff that that will, uh, you know, you'll know about by the time you're listening to this. We're recording it months in advance. Um, but yeah, well, I w and I want to talk about just briefly, this is, I think, one of our longer episodes, the future of undercurrents, like 10 years. That's crazy. Congratulations. And what 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 does the future look like? What What type of which of a programming are you going to continue to seek for? What what new things are you looking to bring in? What you know, are are, are we looking at changing up the format in the future? What what do we see? Uh, undercurrents. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm gonna speak to it from a different perspective than Patrick because I've only been here for two years. Um. But undercurrents needs. I feel <laughs> needs to keep going. It needs to keep having a life. 10 years is a, a really great landmark. And that, that says a lot about 
um, the value of this festival in not only the Ottawa community, but, you know, the national, you know, people want to come and tour. It, it makes Ottawa, Ottawa is a perfect touring spot, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing a, the tour network. Um, and I was really drawn to undercurrents with this, you know, the whole theater below the mainstream. It's, it's, it's work that isn't being produced at GCTC or the NAC. Um, it's, it's more risk, more risky. I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it's alternative. I, I love that. Um, I'm what I'm really interested in. I, I'm curious about like future, future. So I'm I'm thinking about like future of like theater, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're in this this time of like you know artists. You write grants, and there are these priority groups, and what happens in the future when you know we start employing these artists more and we don't need priority groups and we don't need to say in our our grants that we you know 75% of our our programming is you know diverse artists like i'm excited for a day when it's just like diversity isn't multiculturalism isn't a a, a tagline isn't you know that's yeah. exciting so like what does that mean when you have all these different people from different backgrounds, different um, lifestyles coming together and these new theatrical forms that are going to to come out of that? It's very exciting. That's yeah, cool. yeah, I agree with everything you say. Um, I think that the community will determine to some extent how the festival evolves. Um, and part of that will be through the work. You know, we commit to being 50% local work at undercurrents at least, right? Most years is a bit more than that, um, but we say 50% of the work should be local. And part of that is like legitimately like, you know, it's financially motivated. We can only afford to bring so many touring artists from, from out of town. So there's, but, but it's also like we want to support the lo- mostly we want to support the local community. We want the local community to thrive and to thrive, you need places to do your art, right? right. Um, so the kind of art that the community creates is the kind of art we'll put on stage, which will in some ways determine how the festival moves forward, right? Now we're obviously, you know, I say we, I don't mean like necessarily Brit and I, the, the, the organizational we, whomever, you know, decides to take over when, you know, they drag me out of here. Um, but it'll, it'll never happen. <laughs> uh, I'm chained to my desk. But, um, but so that, that's a big part of it, right? Whoever's, whoever's curating the festival, that their job is to, is to see what's happening in the community and bring the community's voice onto the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else, something that we'll be doing this year, um, you know, we've decided, and I haven't, I've, I'll be springing this on Brit a little bit because I just wrote it in a grant today. Um, <laughs> we've, we've talked about doing uh, a panel at Undercurrents. One of the panels we do, industry panels, is, you know, uh, Undercurrents Town Hall, right? But I, I, today I had, a, I had a, what I think is a brilliant idea, and you can tell me in real time in front of everyone uh, whether it's actually a good <laughs> idea or not. I can edit if it's really bad. <laughs> no, but I want to call the panel Undercurrents in 2030. Like, what is the festival 10 years from now? Yeah. What does is, what is the community want the festival to be, and how do we get to that point mm-hmm. in 2030, right? What is Undercurrent's 20th anniversary season? Um, and I think that is hugely going to inform, that community feedback will inform kind of decisions that we make going forward, right? Does, does the community still want us to do new work? Do they want us to focus on second, focus on second productions? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, an infinite number of questions and scenarios we could come up with around this table. Um, but I, I think it's really about like, what are the needs of the community? Cause that's when it was like the, the festival was born out because the community wanted a need, had a mm. need, right? There was a need for performance opportunities that were not connected to the fringe festival, 
but that were also not GCTC NAC level because there weren't a lot of people in the community making work that could fill those spaces, right? Right. There was a de- there was a need for that. So GCTC, you know, found this out from the community, did the work, found it out from the community, and then created a thing that you know ten years ago fit that the needs of the community at that time. The needs of the community are different now than they were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if we're meeting those needs, mm. right? I think we are in some ways, but I know we're not in others. Yeah. So how do we find out what we are doing well, what we're not, what we need to do better, and how do we then? create a festival that can last another 20 years and and still be relevant for artists, but for audiences too, right? Because of the work yeah. you're talking about, like I love work that is a different perspective than mine. I have a very basic perspective, you know, <laughs> middle-aged white guy, right? Like my perspective could not be more boring. Um, so I really enjoy this work from like crippled. I have no idea what yeah. that is, right? Or a couple years ago, we brought in Mouthpiece. Mouthpiece is probably the favorite show that we've ever done in this festival that I have, you know. I have to know, um, I was on an airplane back from Victoria and Mouthpiece was a movie. Yeah. You didn't know it. it was a movie? Well, no, I knew it was a movie, but the fact that it was on Air Canada as a choice, I thought that was so fucking cool. Did you watch it? What? I did not. No, no, but I didn't either. I didn't watch it either, but I didn't watch it because I didn't want to watch it on a plane. That's exactly why I didn't. I want yeah. to watch I want to watch in a more theatrical experience, something. Yeah. 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 But I did watch the trailer and I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was so cool. I mean, that Agreed. was at Undercurrents in 2016, not that long ago, is now a freaking movie yeah. on Air Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, free, it's a yeah. freaking movie on a lot of places, but. <laughs> so how, when is Cardinal going to be a movie, right? How yeah. can we get Cardinal to be yeah. a movie on Air Canada? Right. Producers, if you're listening, movie producers, right? So I think that yes, yeah, so, so the, the community will tell us what the, what it needs to be. But Brit, yeah. I think is totally right. Like I want, I want these different perspectives. That's what I look for, right? This is your joy, and how what what perspective is that joy coming from? And is it, if it's not my own, all the better. Yeah, very cool. Well, here's a list of shows I'm waiting to program in future years. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, uh, not really. But anyway, uh, no, that's great. I'm, I mean, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited about this year. Ten years. That's that's. I mean, it's truly wild. It's 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 unbelievable. I mean, I've been around for three undercurrents now, and I think I've seen even things change. And you know, I mean, this year we totally changed up the branding of undercurrents, which is fun. You know, like. Yeah, I'm excited to see what transpires from that. Yeah, hopefully people come. Hopefully that's what it transpires into is is big audiences. Do you need more hot dogs? Another hot dog night? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We changed a lot of things this year. Pricing is different, right? Like it's the the schedule is different than it's been, right? We approach ours with the schedule. It's like, oh, this is different than past years. Like the expectation versus what we were. And the expectation was totally right of them to have that expectation. We've been doing the same since we've been in Arts Court Theater. We've been doing it the same way. So that expectation was not misplaced. Yeah. You know, but like, how do we, how do you run a theater festival and keep it interesting for the audience, for us to run it? Right. Cause I was getting like, you know, a bit in a rut. It was getting a bit in a rut with it, mm-hmm. you know, programming to a schedule instead of programming the work instead. Right. So yeah. you, how do well, we stay relevant in 10 years? I think it's funny that, you know, last year when I came on my first undercurrents with you programming and you said you wanted to break out of the current structures. Um, we didn't actually do that. And so this year, I don't know if it's like the 10 year vibe. I'm going to go back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. broke out of it. Um, and I'm really glad we got to be part. I got to be part of that process because it was a great problem solving, um, just like scenario. But also I think that it's, it's going to be really strong and it's going to keep audiences coming in because there's so much going on. It's mm-hmm. really um, urgent. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 
well, I'm looking forward to this year's of un- this year's undercurrents, and I'm looking forward to the next ten years, and then ten years after that, <laughs> if I'm around, if the Earth has not burnt down by then, I can't wait for those future years of undercurrents. Um, Pat and Brittany, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm always bad at ending these. So <laughs> happy uh, undercurrents. Happy undercurrents. Uh, yeah, we'll see you later. No, we're not. This is the last episode. Thank you so much for listening to 10 Years of Undercurrents, the podcast. The opening song is created by Ali Harris. Our sound engineer is Ted Forbes. The festival was programmed by Patrick Gautier and Britt Johnston. And the podcast is hosted and edited by me, Amanda Logan. Make sure you check out the 10th anniversary of Undercurrents, February 5th to 15th at Arts Court Theatre.